you've been staying up late and watching on uh, for the Tour de France. It's been on for the last six nights and it's been well worthwhile. Our Aussie Jay Hindley was going so well, won the fifth stage just the other night and then this happened last night. And Hindley, he's losing contact. Four kilometres from the top of the Tourmalet and the yellow jersey's in trouble. His teammates are behind him. He's only got Emmanuel Bookman within striking distance. Yeah, so couldn't hold on to the yellow jersey overnight. Joining us, the voice of Australian cycling, and you can hear him on his podcast, The Domestics. It's Mike Tomalaris. Mike, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, fellas. Uh, the Tour de France is up and running six stages, and I've got to say, it's been uh, one of the most exciting tours that I can remember, and I've been following this great race since uh, the early 1990s. It's, it's terrific, and we've got some great riders, including... Jai Hindley, and even though he has lost the yellow jersey, he's not out of it. There's a long, long mm. way to go. Yes, yeah, certainly is, uh, Mike, and, and appreciate you joining us. Um, probably the last time we were really uh, have a chance at an Aussie winning the general classification was probably Cadell Evans all those years ago, but Hindley entered as a third favourite, but the two big boys in uh, Pogacar and Vinegard, yeah. um, they really put some damage into him last night, didn't they? Look, these two guys are head and shoulders above anybody in the world of professional cycling right now. Pogacar has won two tours already, and he's only 24 years of age. And the worst result that Pogacar has experienced in his uh, three years competing at the Tour is second. And that came last year when uh, the Danish, his Danish rival, uh, Jonas Vingegaard, uh, won his first tour. But uh, these guys have, all, have already proven that they are going to be the riders to beat. Uh, as for Jai, he's probably... And the best of the rest, having said, uh, having said that, what I said about those uh, other two riders, they are just so good right now. And again, they're only in their early to mid twenties, which is relatively young. If you look at the history books of Tour de France winners, a race that dates back uh, to 1903, these guys are babies by comparison. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it, too? And they've probably got the two strongest teams around them. But uh, last night it was interesting. Vinegard had a, a minute lead over Pogacar, and all of a sudden Pogacar just took off him up the hill and, and put some decent time into him, taking off about 30 seconds. But as you know, and you're well aware of this, it's going to turn, isn't it? There's going to be a, a moment where someone is effectively just gets cooked on the bike, and it can be the difference between winning the uh, the yellow jersey yeah. and not. Well, I was talking to Stuart O'Grady, and of course he's a very proud South Australian and a former wearer of the Tour de France yellow jersey and a multiple stage winner. And he was saying uh, to us on the Domestiques, the podcast that I'm running, he was saying that he's never seen world cycling the way it is right now. He cannot understand the tactics that these young blokes are employing because they're really burning all their matches, he believes, at a very uh, early part of this three-week tour. We're only six days in. And uh, the the power and the, the turn of power that the likes of Pogacar and Vingegaard are showing already, he feels that they're just going to run out of steam come Paris on the 23rd of July. But, uh, but he, he shakes his head. The reason why he shakes his head is because he just doesn't understand. I'm talking about Stewie. Uh, it's a different era to when he was uh, uh, winning races and wearing yellow jerseys. So is that fair enough to say that there were probably more tactics back in that day, or is it just the fact that these guys are almost just young and think they can take on the world and, and I'll be fine? Because let's face it, they both shared the last two titles. Mm. That's exactly right. Uh, they are so competitive, these fellas. They love racing their bikes. It's not about the fame and the fortune. And don't forget, these guys are, are paid very, very well. They're probably multi-millionaires. Uh, given the big races that they've won. But it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. 
they just love riding their bikes. Put a, a two-wheel machine under them and they will, they will be so, com- so competitive. In Stuart's day, Stuart O'Grady, it was a, I mean, they raced rather conservatively by comparison, uh, paced themselves over a three-week event like the Tour de France is. But this, these modern-day heroes, these champions, I don't think they, they necessarily think that way. Um, for, you know, we're a cycling uh, town here in Adelaide with the Tour Down Under, Stuart O'Grady running it here for our government. It is a wonderful event, but we're talking about the best of the best. And, um, there's a documentary that's been on Netflix the last, um, well, the last 12 months yeah. on the Tour de France. They get unchained. It, it, it's a great insight as to what these teams go through. Do you think, you know, it might take follow F1s in terms of being now appealing to a different audience because it is in such an, an era. And I must admit, I've always loved cycling, but I was gobsmacked to seeing the inner sanctum of actually what goes on in a team to get them up uh, every day of racing in the Tour de France. Yeah, so was I, I've got to say. Uh, the uh, documentary is called Unchained, and if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. You don't have to be a lover of uh, world cycling. It just shows you uh, the the pressure, the intensity that goes on uh, within a professional cycling team that competes in the Tour de France. The Tour de France means everything. And you're right, uh, uh, the Tour de France is a different market to uh, Formula One, uh, but there's no reason why uh, people can't enjoy both. Uh, the World Tour, of course, starts at the Tour Down Under in January and runs through until late October. But the big races, are the Giro, the Tour de France, the Vuelta, the Classics, um, and, and look, have a look at all the people that are riding bikes. I know so many people now that are in Europe enjoying cycling holidays, following the Tour de France um, on their machines and just being spectators, loving the Tour as a result of watching it on television back home in Australia. Now, Mike, do you also understand, do you think the general public understands what those role-player cyclists do? You know, you know running drinks, running food, um, you know, riding out so those best players, blocking breeze. It really is tactic, isn't it? And like, everyone's defined yeah. roles. I'd like to think uh, that the uh, uh, viewer that has watched the Tour de France on Australian television since the early 1990s is uh, very aware of the tactics. I can remember when I first went over there, I'd come home after spending a month in France and people would start asking those questions. Why is there a peloton? Why are they bunched together? Why do they attack then? Why is there a sprint? Why are there green jerseys, yellow jerseys, all this sort of thing? But fast forward some 10 or 15 years and those same people are saying, I get it now. The penny has dropped. It's all about tactics. It's really a game of chess on wheels. And so the language that I was speaking back in the early to mid-1990s, well, people are now speaking that same language by understanding the tactics that are involved in a three-week bike race like the Tour de France. Mike, is it too early to have a tip? Oh. No, look, it's not too early at all. Um, Who do you like? Uh, but, well, look, it's a three-week race, and it's never over until it's over. It's not a game of footy that might run a, uh, you know, for a couple of hours yeah. or a game of cricket that might run for five days. This is a three-week marathon, and the slightest mishap may, could, could mean uh, the end of, uh, uh, of a rider's campaign. And don't forget, these guys, they're not substituted like uh, players are in football. These guys, if they crash, they come down, they try and make it to the finish line and uh, try and fix themselves overnight before the next stage starts. <laughs> who's, who's my tip? Who's yep. my tip? Uh, look, I, I really like Pogacar. I've never seen a rider with so much versatility uh, and so much passion and love for racing a bicycle like this guy. He's won two tours already, like I said, 
and there's no reason why he uh, will go on to win many, many more. He's 24 seconds ahead at the moment. Just before we let you go, Mike, uh, wet the appetite for us. Stage 7 this evening. It's stage sprint, am I right in saying that? That's right. They're, uh, it's a relatively flat stage. They've had two hard days in the Pyrenees, and there are many, many more mountain stages to come. But for now, the likes of Mark Cavendish and Caleb Ewan will enjoy some time in the sun as they head towards the uh, beautiful city of Bordeaux. Well, Cavendish is looking to win the 35th uh, stage, which will be a record all-time as well. So we look yeah. forward to potentially yeah. something Wouldn't like that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be? Uh, Mike, thank you so much for your time, mate. And, of course, uh, listen out to the Domestics podcast if you get a chance. Uh, thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome, boys. Nice to chat. How good is that to have the, the voice of Aussie Cycling? So much uh, wealth of knowledge, really. Oh, it's a, one, it's a wonderful event. And if you can, one, check out his podcast. It's brilliant. But also, too, if you want to get and look at Unchained, I watched it about a month ago. I've always loved cycling. But to watch that, coming out of the post-COVID era, what these guys go through on a daily basis in preparation, mm. and then how do you best recover? Simon Gerrans told us two weeks ago, mm. sleep. Sleep and eat and sleep and get up and ride again. It is phenomenal. So if you're a sporting nut, you don't have to like cycling. Check out Unchained on Netflix. It is unbelievable. You, 